It is the 200 level episode 350, a day wait, 12 hours later than we thought we'd be doing it. We'll call this a good old-fashioned Kansas kicking, and I think that'll get by the Apple podcast sensors. Here's the deal. Last night was rough in a myriad of ways for Illini football fans, and what we're going to do today is kind of pick up the pieces from what was a memorable, but in all the worst ways kind of evening. Memorable in that it dredged up a lot of memories for Illini fans of football seasons before that we would rather not have to remember. I was I was surprised by the way last night went and surprised in a way that feels more disheartening than I could have anticipated. After the Toledo game, I was relieved more than happy, but then as time went on, you realized, listen, just get the win, move on, learn from it, address the issues, fix mistakes, and have a better showing against Kansas. And while a loss in any way at Kansas would have been frustrating, there would have been actually many scenarios where you lose, but you don't feel like you do today. And I say you, assuming that for anyone that watched that game last night, you have more questions about the Solana football team than you had going into it. I think that's fair. Now, one thing we'll talk about today are some of the reactions, including from myself, which some thought was somewhat, I don't know, hyperbolic last night. And I will grant some credence to that argument that some of the things that I tweeted last night, even if they weren't hyperbolic when they were kind of going through my mind and out through my fingertips into Twitter, whatever interlocutor that is, I didn't feel like they were hyperbolic, but I understand how they could be read as such. So I want to clarify that a little bit too and try to paint a picture of where Illini fans may be after you are one and one, which there are worse situations to be in. You lost on the road against a good Kansas team that will win probably a good handful of games this year. You will probably not play a quarterback as dynamic and experienced as Jalen Daniels for the rest of the year, and that includes Drew Aller coming up on Saturday, who is very good, but in, but inexperienced, right? And not much of a runner when compared to Jalen Daniels. So why is it that we wake up today after a loss that Vegas predicted? You were minus three, minus four, I think, at game time as some late money came in. Why do we feel this way after another non-conference road loss, which is all too common for this program? It's because it doesn't look right, and it doesn't feel right, and it seems like the issues that are plaguing this team are not easily correctable. That's where I sit this morning in this weird kind of ball of confusion. Where the heck is this thing going? Can they rectify some of these rather large issues defensively and offensively. So what we're going to talk about today, a little bit micro, a little bit macro, and I'm, I'm trying to balance both game analysis because there's people that are better at that than I, but also talking about why does this sting as much as it does. So before I get too far into it, I want to remind you the sponsors of the 200 level include DP Doe, online at dpdoe.com. I'm afraid you could not have a celebratory calzone last night, but it's a good thing to eat when you're trying to soak up all the booze you may have consumed 
earlier in the evening. So just keep that in mind if there's any more primetime disappointments for Illinois. DP Dough, you can order online at dpdo.com, custom zones with any topping you want, or some of their favorites like the Maui Wowie or the Buffer Zone online at dpdo.com. Delivery anywhere in Champaign-Urbana, dpdo.com. Also, State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. For life, auto, home, business renters, you name it, Brian is my guy, and he can be your guy as well at brianismyguy.com. We have this new thing called the Ting app, T-I-N-G, which monitors our home electrical system with an old house like we have. This is actually a nice benefit of having State Farm. It's free, and it just gives us some good peace of mind with that. So that is State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. Com. Also, Owen Builders LLC online at owenbuildersllc.com. You can check out a gallery of all the work that they do, including patios, decks, kitchens, bathrooms, home additions. These guys are expert craftsmen. And the great thing about it is they are super quick at getting back to you. That is one of their best uh, things over there at Owen, Owen Builders. And if you've worked with contractors before, you know that's not always the case. So Luke Owen and the guys over at owenbuildersllc.com. And Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing, your home's best friend. Give them a call at 217-840-40. Sorry. Gosh darn it, guys. I just had the number right here. So let me get that queued up in just a second. I will tell you what Dogtown Heating, Air is good at, though. We got a furnace check scheduled for October. And you're starting to feel that cool air kind of creep into the weather. So with Dogtown, we've been working with them for two years now. And what I find most impressive over this summer, which had some hot moments, our home has never been cooler. I know whatever they did to our AC back in the spring, it had it running tip-top shape. Same thing with the furnace last winter. House had never been that warm, so I got to thank the guys at Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing, and you can give them a call at 217-841-4728. That's 217-841-4728 for Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing. Sorry to Cody and the guys there. I have a friend whose number is eerily similar to that. So every now and then, I, I think 840-840, no, 841-4728. Hey, today, if you listen to this before, you have plans for Saturday afternoon, Campus Town Street Fest from 1 to 7, brought to you by Champagne Center Partnerships. So this is going to be on Green Street in Campus Town with music, vendors, great food, the chow down in Campus Town. That is 1 to 7 this afternoon. All right, and uh, Champagne Showers Podcast Network. So thank you all for those sponsorships. It, to support the podcast, support them and also, we got a hoodie, which you can see on our Twitter, at the 200 level and at Fanboy Carp. Let's start with the fan aspect of this. Fandom is a tricky thing. And last night, it got tense on Twitter. Now, I'm not going to absolve myself of... Uh, tweeting things that could be construed as antagonistic. When I get pissed off with sports, sometimes I have a propensity to do that. So I'm not going to say, why is everyone getting all angry? No, I, I get it. I do tweet some things and say some things. And honestly, I don't think consciously it is trying to be overly reactive or try to just do a Skip Bayless impersonation and get people all ticked off with me. It's not that, but I understand how it can come off as such. But this is what kind of started taking the night in a very different direction in terms of discourse. Gotta love the discourse. I said, and I want to make sure this is... <laughs> when it was, I think, 28 to 7, 
I said, sorry for the the pause here. I just want to make sure I'm getting this right. This has gotten, oh boy. How long until fans turn on Bielema? This is unacceptable. That's what I said. How long until fans turn on Bielema? This is unacceptable. So the hypothetical question there is coming less from a personal place because I do not think I will turn on Bielema this season. I think it would take a lot for that to happen because I recognize the history of Illini football. And the fact that what we've seen through two plus years with Bielema is a heck of a lot better than what we saw in the first two years with any coach that I can remember. I don't remember John Makovic. I was too young for that. So in the post-Makovic Illini football era, the first two years of Bielema were by far better than any others that we saw. However, there is this snowball effect that when you look at 30 plus years of Illini football, from the mid-90s to now, or let's call it 30 years, with each new coach that disappoints, there is less patience. This is unfair, I recognize, to the coach that's currently there. A lot of the animosity that we have towards our beloved football program stems from deep-rooted issues, myself included. We can go back if we're being, for me, we can go back to 2000 and the Michigan game at home because I didn't pay enough attention in the mid-90s and the early 90s to be super invested when Lou Tepper didn't work out and when Ron Turner was hired. It was sort of, eh, whatever. But in 1999, when they had that surprise season, building to 2000 and that, that moment in the stadium against Michigan, and I've still never seen that place as loud as it was, walking out of that stadium that night was my first true taste of major Illini disappointment. And then the rest of the season never quite recovered. They finished five and six and he had a big home game against Ohio state to finish it off. And then Kurt Kittner damn near gets beheaded by Mike Doss. My first real taste of true Illini football disappointment. And it felt like a missed opportunity and getting fans interested, getting them into the stadium. Yes. You won the big 10 the next year. It was so much fun. And you had great turnouts for the Penn state game and the Wisconsin game. But it did feel like that Michigan game in 2000 could have been a moment that propelled you to something different. Ah, and you didn't quite do it, right? The way I view it is like paper cuts. And some of them are bigger than others, but after a while, you get enough paper cuts and you just stop messing with copy paper. You're going to just, I don't know what the alternative is, but whatever is causing you those paper cuts, you're going to find something else to do. And my worry, my worry, macro, is that At a certain point, people don't come back. Last year was a blast. Until it wasn't, but even in November, the games were competitive. So no one was thinking, well, the coaching staff's lost it. You thought, well, we maxed out in the first eight games and we're kind of sluggish in in much of the last four. But you noticed during the Iowa and the Minnesota games at home, which were two great weekends in a row, and for me... The most fun two-game stretch I've had since the 07 Penn State-Wisconsin stretch. You notice that we had a hard time getting more than 45,000. And then when we get 50-plus, we play Michigan State, we lay an egg. Again, these moments, these, these opportunities to get people invested and this football program, regardless of the coach, seems to pull the rug out from under us. And in my role as the diehard Illini fan, that sets up the tailgates and I'm the podcast guy and all that. And I love it. I mean, I choose this because I do have more fun than not when doing it. 
But I'm the one essentially selling the possibility of Illini football being good to my friends. Hey, come out to the tailgate. Yeah, they're actually good this year. I promise. I promise they are. And then they see these first two games. And for many casual Illini fans, and there's more casuals than diehards, they, they say, ah, why bother? They'll have the game on in the background. They'll watch it, but they are not going to get invested. And I think in my heart of hearts, what I want to see at some point in my life is a full investment in Illini football. And last year was such a great start towards that. And the bowl game in Florida, even regardless of the result, these are positive steps. And then the first two games of the season are dredging up ghost of 2008, of 2002, of 2000. It's dredging all those up, and it doesn't feel good. And as the diehard fan, as the podcaster, the struggle for me is, <laughs> did I get duped again? As I, much as I, I guess, let's say, joke about being a more mature fan, and last night was not one of my more mature moments, I was really ticked watching that game, and I know that some of that came off in the tweets. But... I'm just tired of feeling like I've seen the same movie before when I so badly want to see a movie I've never seen, which is sustained Illinois success. So when I ask the question, how long until fans turn on Bielema? This is a hypothetical based on decades of Illini football futility. I understand, though, how it was read as a direct hit on Bielema. And me saying, you know what, I've turned on him. I haven't. I still think that this can be fixed enough to make a bowl game based on the Big Ten West. And I'll take a shoddy 6-6 six and six record in a weak Big Ten West just to get to a stupid bowl game. See you in Detroit in December. But this really got quite the response. Twitter tells me that 26,000 people either interacted or viewed this tweet. So I don't, it made the rounds, and uh, there's this thing called ratio on Twitter, where if you are getting as many replies as you are likes, that means people don't agree with you. So this was a very divisive post. And it even got some other um, some interaction from other Illini media. I mean, the boardroom, they do a podcast, and they work with Robert at Illini and Illini board. And you know I've never really listened to them, but um, I'm sure they do a good job. And... They said, absolutely terrible performance. You are pathetic, though, if you're questioning Bielema. Awful takes, even worse support from the program you quote-unquote love. And I responded to that because it did feel like, while I was not the only one to be going off the deep end, if you want to use a metaphor, I said, questioning the coach who hired two coordinators that are struggling mightily, the coach who lauded this team coming into the season, questioning or critiquing is not calling for his firing. No coach, including Brett, is above, above valid criticism. To which the boardroom replied, how long until fans turn on Bielema? This is unacceptable. This isn't a criticism. This is calling for a job. It is not calling for a job. Brett Bielema is safe here. <laughs> it would take a lot for him to get fired from this position. He has the support of his athletic uh, director and department. He has NIL resources that I think he will be able to use to his benefit. He has a track record which suggests that his worst ain't, is not that bad especially when you compare it to Illini football coaches from the past. So for the fellows of the boardroom, I was not calling for his job. If it was read as such, 
then perhaps I could be a little more careful in wording it because, yeah, I see how the initial tweet seems alarmist or just trying to antagonize or poke, elicit a response. At this point, we were down 28 to 7. Maybe it was 21 to 7, regardless. Uh, or 21 nothing. Remember, it started out 21 nothing. We weren't tackling. We weren't blocking. We were fundamentally looking like a poorly coached football team. So here's the larger question. For Brett Bielema, what level is okay to question or critique him? And I think that there were plenty of healthy examples of that on Twitter last night. There were way too many schematic flaws and failures in execution last night to suggest that this team was anywhere nearly as well coached as Kansas. Something is getting lost in translation over there in a way that I would not have expected after the first two years of the Bielema tenure. So questioning is fine. You all know, if you've been listening to this podcast, I'm as big of a Brett Bielema fanboy as they come. But this guy is getting compensated rather handsomely to win football games. Or if we're being more generous, given Illinois football's lack of success historically, he is getting paid for us to not suck. And last night was way too much suck for many Illini fans to take. When you couple that with a lackluster performance against Toledo in week one, when you're closer to 0-2 than 2-0, because I did that game with last year's record, you were closer to 10-2 than you were 6-6. and you, you were. This year, you're closer to 0-2. And we aren't even going to broach the Penn State game today. We'll do that midweek. They haven't played their second game yet, though they'll look probably pretty good in that one. And that will be your stiffest test yet. Home game or not. So, yes, questioning is fine. Why would you not be questioning what you're seeing right now? Why would you not be questioning the head coach that hired this offensive coordinator who, as much as I, I enjoyed talking to Barry, I think he's probably a pretty small, smart football guy. But for some reason, we keep on seeing these really head-scratching decisions made in terms of play calling. The direct snap to Griffin Moore last night, who had a great game otherwise, but the direct snap to Griffin Moore that didn't fool anybody when you needed a yard to convert? Run the damn ball up the middle. A regular run play. This is Kansas's defense. Getting cute, it cost you. Unable to score on your first three drives, killed you. Against a Kansas defense that will give up plenty of points this year, regardless of how they looked last night, don't be fooled. That's not a great defense over there. What I thought was a pretty good week one from Barry Lunny turned out to be a crap week two. And then Aaron Henry. We acknowledge the losses on defense. But it goes beyond that. These guys are running around and flailing about like they've never tackled anyone in their damn lives. This is fundamentally egregious stuff on the defensive side of the ball. You were finally starting to get pressure last night, and I recognize the tough matchup that Jalen Daniels presents. And yeah, he might be the toughest matchup you face under center all year long. That's good news. There's no quarterback in the Big Ten West that scares me like that. At least, you know, when Sims is running around, he's going to make enough dopey decisions slinging it around to guys on your side. When you play Nebraska, that's that's the good news. But defensively, what the hell was that? 
500 plus yards, 280 on the ground. It's enough to give up 260 through the air. You get a fresh green secondary that I still think played okay. I don't know what you have at linebacker. I have no idea. Tariq Barnes, bad last night. Rosiak, a step slow. It ain't working. And it's not like that is a position of great depth either. Maybe Dark Angelo was a lot better than we thought. And I think he did stick with a team or a practice squad in the NFL at least. What the heck's going on? So when I say questioning, or in the original tweet, turn on Bielema, if we parse that, think about it. We got 45,000, 48,000 for Toledo. That was a sign of true excitement. Because for a Mac opponent, opening weekend, Labor Day weekend, when some people take trips and stuff, you drew a really good crowd. Best home opener in 10 years, right? Penn State game, you won't get over 50. Because of how these two games have gone. And what that tells you is, is Fox Big Noon is in town. For what many people thought before the season was going to be a great game. Ask yourself, do you really think it's going to be a great game right now? We're going to play it out. Crazier things have happened. It could be competitive. We might we might find some major solutions within the next week. Something to just kind of plug the dam until we figure out some other things just to keep Penn State in front of us a little bit better than the first two weeks. We might. We might. But you are lying to yourself if you say that this feels emptier than it probably should. The one-and-one record, the win against Toledo, is the one thing that keeps this from being a disastrous start to the season. But if you now look at the Toledo game in the context of last night, if you look at it as a two-game package, the problems have been consistent. You can't keep your quarterback upright. God, I love Luke. He is awesome. He's tough as nails. And he's also probably going to be decapitated by game five. Can't keep him upright. Your best player on offense, which is great news because he's got three years of eligibility. I hope he's here three years. I hope he's healthy for three years. But when you got a freaking revolving door on the right side of your line and you don't know what to do because Chrysler ain't working out, Geske is green and struggling. I can't really tell how Cruz is playing center. I don't know. Right side line's killing you. But also Julian Pearl on that two-point conversion just turns and watches someone nail Altmeyer in the ribs. Offensive line stinks. Bart Miller, Brett Bielema, these gurus of the offensive line, this is the best they got? Yes. Question the coach. How can you not question the coach? You have enough returning in that line to not be this bad. You had a whole offseason to figure something out better than that. Better than to get drilled by the freaking Kansas defensive line. So when I ask the hypothetical, how long until fans turn on Bielema? I'm the hardcore fan that will be in the lots and be going into the stadium. Many of the people that pop by the tailgate, that ask you at your workplace, hey, what do you think about the game this weekend? They are not the ones investing that time and money in it because you know what? They have seen this story before. Maybe they're smarter than you and I. Maybe they're smarter than you and I and they don't want to get caught up in this 
endless loop of frustration and disappointment. That might be. Kudos to them. I wish I had that same ability to pull myself away from it. I do not. But those are the people that if they don't turn on Bielma out loud and verbally, they turn on it by not showing up. Just like it's been for most of my life, people saying, screw it. I'm not doing it. That is a quiet kind of turning on Bielma. And we'll see it on Twitter if they go 3-9 and nine this year. And I don't know what the record's going to be. I can't make any predictions right now because we did see things turn around two years ago to a point of respectability where you felt pretty good when that season ended. It could happen again. It could. And you are the beneficiaries of being in a pretty weak division. So it could still turn out to be a 6-7 win team. I, I do amend my 9-3 and three prediction. Yikes. <laughs> I mean, because... I just don't see how a lot of these major things get fixed quick enough. So boardroom, hey, listen, you guys are doing what you do. I get it. You are not by any stretch the only ones to read that tweet and think, boy, fanboy Carp has jumped off the deep end here. So fair, right? I'm not calling for his job. I was not calling for his job. I'm just saying that unfortunately, if this progresses, what we've seen the first two weeks, if that progresses through the season, yeah. People will turn. It will get ugly. And that is partially, that would be, I should say, partially due to a lack of performance and blaming the coaching staff for it, but also partially due to time and time again, getting disappointed. You know, sometimes, I don't know if it's a good or bad thing to have more context on Illinois football. These guys, I assume, are younger than me by, I don't know, I'm guessing they're in their early 20s. And... I mean, I don't know if they would remember the Ron Turner thing. I know when I talked to Isaac, he doesn't really remember that. I think Zook was the first, his first Illini football experience. Same with Trevor to an extent. So when I talk to them, they have their own version of Illini football, which isn't all that different from mine. I think I just have those extra eight, nine years of, oh yeah, well, I also remember this happened before you guys started watching Illini football. I don't know if it's a good or bad thing. Context can be good, but not if it's necessarily increased levels of frustration and disappointment. That can just turn one into a surly bastard. I don't want to be a surly bastard. I kind of was last night. Being honest, I woke up today like, that sucked. Last night sucked. You know, I came upstairs and I, I should have just said, you know what, I'm going to let the second half be the second half and watch something else. But I couldn't pull myself away from it. I started recording a podcast last night solo. I was just going to upload it when the game was done. And I get five minutes in and I just like slap the microphone and say, F it. I, <laughs> it wasn't coming out in any sort of eloquent way. It was a word salad. And maybe today's podcast is a word salad too. It might be. But damn, last night was frustrating. And I wonder the kind of reactions. Sometimes you get these vitriolic reactions back. When I say, how long until fans turn on Bielema? This is unacceptable. And it turns into probably five or six trolls criticizing my hairstyle. What kind of sociological phenomenon are we witnessing here? <laughs> First off, yeah, I got the, the quaffed mohawk kind of thing. I like it. Um, so these things I kind of chuckle at, especially when a balding 60-year-old named, I don't even know what his name is, was picking that battle this morning. But what is it that drives people to respond that way 
when criticism is levied on their team. That is one thing that I think over the years, whether it be 93.5 or the podcast, one thing that I've always been, always had a hard time kind of grasping. Because even when things are good with Illinois sports, if someone criticizes the coach when things are good, I don't look at them in the face and say, shut up. I mean, I literally had some realtor guy last night say, shut up. Like a child. I had to tell a sixth grader yesterday, don't, hey, don't tell them to shut up. This realtor fella, Mark something rather, just told me to shut up. What is, what is the thing? Is it a protective thing over your favorite team? Is, because here's the thing. I got plenty of responses last night that were valid criticisms of the way that I either worded something or my own reactions. And I know that Brett Bielema is not above criticism. I for sure am not above criticism because I am reactive and I am emotional. But if someone is critical of something I like, my inclination isn't to shout them down and say, shut up, sit down, your hair sucks. Where does that come from? And why for Illini football? One theory I have is that with Illini football, we have been beatered, beatered, beaten and battered. That's what I'm going for. Beaten and battered so many times that last night just didn't shock anybody. Like, oh, come on. What did you expect? It's a road game against Kansas. My counter would be, I'm sorry, we can expect more than that. I don't care about historical context in this regard. We got to do better than that. Like, if we think the coach is who we think he is, we got to do better than that. But I think there is a section of fans that have sort of acquiesced and said, you know what? It is what it is. It's a road game against Kansas. Let's get him next week. All power to you. Just don't necessarily tell someone to shut up if they're questioning or critiquing a piss-poor performance, which is what last night was. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe part of it is that everyone was so pissed off last night. And I get it that sometimes when things aren't good, I even have to separate from a conversation that I think this isn't helping me. It's only serving to piss me off even further. How can I separate myself? But it was toxic. And I know, listen, that's Twitter. That's how it is. On the whole, I probably enjoy the discourse more than not. But every so often, maybe two, three times a year, there's one thing that happens and it just gets bad. And no one likes each other. <laughs> I mean, other than those that, uh, I don't know. It, it just, it, it sucks to revel in this sort of vitriol. I mean, we're all just in this, as Illini fans this morning, it just, it feels different. It sucks to wake up after that. And then it doubly sucks to feel as if all the momentum and excitement that was built up through the offseason, and some of it I thought at least was justified based on returning guys and coaching pedigree and a favorable schedule. And oh, here's this marquee game early. What the heck? It's Penn State, big noon Saturday. Let's see what happens. And so much of that energy is zapped. If you think it's going to be a crazy, awesome atmosphere like it could have been if we just were respectable last night, you're kidding yourself. People are going to show up next Saturday thinking we'll get our asses kicked. We may not. I, it's college football. 
But I made that same sort of, you know, throw my hands in the air. Eh, it's college football. That's why I think we'll beat Kansas. It's not trending well. And don't fool yourself into thinking otherwise. We need to see vast improvement on a fundamental level. And we got to see it quick. Penn State, unfortunately, is not the best opportunity for that. Now, they beat Penn State. Am I ecstatic? Are you kidding me? I'm over the moon. It's as if when you criticize or question something, therefore, you know, some people view that as, well, then you can't enjoy it when it's good. I remember Dave Wisnowski telling Trevor to shut up, essentially, after Trevor was celebrating Lovey's win against Wisconsin. What is this weird fandom thing that, not to pick on Dave, but that is a, a common thing. You were criticizing it, so therefore you don't get to enjoy it when it's good. Bull crap. Bull crap. Question it, critique it, if it is warranted. And I'm sorry, but the first two games have warranted criticism. It is really jarring to have had this level of faith in a coach. And it's not as if I I needed all of that to be immediately rewarded in the first two games of the season. It's that all the things that I thought that this coach and his staff brought, fundamental soundness, competitive games, and I know you beat Toledo, but by the skin of your teeth, and you looked like the lesser team for probably 45 of those 60 minutes. And last night, pretty much the whole damn 60. Yeah, I'm thrown for a loop. I am. And this is not what any of us expected. There are some that I think from their Twitter interactions, they did expect, they expected to drop off. And even texting with Trevor, and I'd like to maybe get him on this week. I need to text him. But Trevor is a wise young man. He's younger than I am, but he's very wise. And I always value his insight on things. He... I think understood, wait a second, we're we're heaping all this praise on a team, but there's some very obvious defections and losses that that it's going to make this season tough. But even Trevor, who was more skeptical, I think he was like 7-5, right? That was his prediction. More skeptical coming into the season, would not have predicted it would be like this. Ew. Icky football. I don't think he would have expected that. All right, so I asked a question this morning, and first off, listen, if that was a diatribe that wasn't very valuable, I get it. I I am just honestly trying to figure out, A, what the heck is going on on the field? B, do I need to worry about this not working out with Brett Bielema? I mean, that, that did cross my mind at halftime of Toledo. I understand that's a really dark tunnel to go down. It's almost existential when it comes to Illini football. And probably, yeah, kind of silly two games into the year. But when things look so amiss, when they look so well put together last year, what the heck happened? And unfortunately, that Arkansas tenure for Bielema does leave a little bit of doubt as to whether or not we're going to be Wisconsin South. But you know what the most frustrating part of all this is? Again, I'm not asking for Big Ten championships. I'm not. I'm fine with seven and five. I'm fine with six and six this year. Really? Give me six and six. Give me Detroit. Our expectations are not ridiculous. And even then, this freaking program 
has an issue meeting the most modest of expectations. Could I go a five-year stretch of Illini football with them just not sucking? I don't know if that's six and six every single year. I guess I'd get tired of that. Probably I'd find ways to critique that. Success breeds higher expectations. But honestly, can I get an extended stretch where they don't just suck to high heaven? And I'm worried that this thing might trend that way unless they figure some big things out. There's going to be some sleepless nights this week over there as they try to think, oh my God, this is what happened against Toledo and Kansas. They're good. But there are some dudes on Penn State. And I know James Franklin is a goofball and I have no faith in him as a coach. But you know what? Sometimes you just got the Jimmies and Joes and that supersedes the X's and O's. Just a really crappy week to try to put things together. With Ford Atlantic looming, and we'll cross that bridge when we get there. All right, anyway. I wanted to ask you on Twitter one word that describes where you're at two games into the season. From to Orange Mamba. Always enjoy hearing from Mamba. Arkansas again. Even if the even the biggest Bielema believers have to be a little concerned. Let's face it. Alvarez built the Wisconsin machine. Brett inherited it, and his attempt to replicate it didn't go great. And to me, the more Petrino's players left, that program, the worst Arkansas got. Mamba's not the only one to address this. The Arkansas thing, it's just, it's lingering there. I think there are enough lessons he probably learned from that experience where the Arkansas experience won't be replicated here. But you go 3-9 and nine or something this year, then I don't know. That's kind of where you're trending, right? From David, same. Same Illinois we've seen for 30 years. Completely unable to build upon success. It's one thing to lose. It's another to look utterly unprepared and inept, especially in the context of the warning signs we saw against Toledo. Something is way off, and that's unacceptable in year three. David, that's it. It's just, it's off. And you use the word same. And yeah, that is troublesome and annoying that it is a level of sameness for Illinois football, but it's just that losing to Kansas last night, we're having a second half pod. If it's a competitive game and Jamelin Daniels makes a big throw at the end to beat you, it, it sucks, but you were not worried at a fundamental level that this thing is broken and how do we fix it? Instead, it would be, ah, oh, probably not going to go good against Penn state, but at least we, at least we kind of put some things together on defense. At least the offensive line held up. We don't get any of those talking points today because the offensive line didn't hold up. Your back seven, your, your linebackers specifically, I don't know what the heck that is. And then schematically, I don't know what they're running. I don't know. David, I'm, I'm a mess right now with trying to understand the multitude of ways in which this team is just kind of off. From Chase, reminded Alani football fandom is as close to Stockholm Syndrome as it gets. While I'm hopeful this is just a tough three-game stretch to start the season, for a very new squad, I have major concerns. Sorry, I need a little bit of coffee here. Chase is reminded. Yeah, Chase. And I think Chase is probably about the same age as I am. So we know the Turner-Zook experiences where you each had this crazy resurgence only to be followed with disappointment. From Champagne Showers, familiar. Yeah, familiar, that works. Jacob says guarded. Pete says deflated. 
All of us knew deep down to expect a major regression, just like, oh, wait, it's what happens to us. But we bought into Bielma being a different, much better kind of coach to make this year different. We should have trusted our instincts. Pete, I I consciously went against those instincts because I'm tired of living in, I, I perceive it to be, uh, this is, for lack of a better term, a loser's mentality, right? Illini football has sort of bred this loser's mentality. And I want to shout from the mountaintops, demand more, be better. And I did last night. I was like, come on, this is not good enough. It needs to be better. But like you, yeah, deep down, I I don't know if it was, I knew that this would be like 08. But I still had to fight against that instinct. Consciously and say, no, not going to be like 08, not going to be like 02. Uh-uh. You know, like a kid that's like, nope, not doing it. And look at us now. Darn it. I hate that. Two games in. And again, there's 10 games left. They can figure things out. But there's so much amiss that I don't know how you do that. Is And if it's a personnel thing, that doesn't get fixed. So, mm. Sweet Lou says, inconceivable from Princess Bride. Beef Randolph Jr., hey, Thumposaurus, drunk. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure many were last night and, you know, I'm sitting there watching the fourth quarter. I'm seeing Luke Altmaier ball out. Love that kid, man. He can play. He's a quarterback and I'm having my last drink of the night. And I don't think I got to the level you did. It looks like you were tumbling last night. I'm sure people were tying one on there, but yeah, whether it is a literal drunk or figurative drunk, you wake up after a game like that. And it's just, I don't know. I I didn't sleep well last night. I know that sounds ridiculous. It's a game. But it's more this troublesome, oh, what was that? So, hey, Beef Randolph Jr., (laughs) Thumpasaurus, you, you do you. And I get it because I woke up today feeling like that haziness that one feels where you're like, what the heck happened? Drew says resetting expectations. So we'll go reset, Drew, for the one word. From Austin, concerned, hopeful that these last two games, or hopeful that these last two games, the second half was vastly improved than the first. Austin, that is true. The second halves were better. Apathetic, death taxes and Illini football fans having their hopes gashed and committed. I chose this misery. I'll stick with it till the day I die. So Austin went with concerned, hopeful, apathetic, and committed. And I appreciate the Reasoning behind all those, Austin. Here's one from Ben. Confused. Why did it take basically six quarters of football to see the schematic improvements we did? Yeah. I don't know. And and here's the thing, Ben. I'm wondering, do we take the second half as a sign of improvement? I think football, which is a weird game, anywhere you dice it, Teams and their approach change drastically with leads, just as they do with deficits. So Illinois gets antsy, and they got to move the ball quick if they have any hope of a comeback, and that turns into an offense that can actually move the ball with pace. You got a quarterback that can do that, too. I mean, the 72-yard run, I know that's kind of a fluky play, but dude, Luke Altmaier is a stud. 
at the very least, when we go to the game on Saturday or when we tune in on Saturdays, we feel like, hey, we got a quarterback that can make plays. I'm worried that he's not going to stay healthy. But, you know, he's taken some big hits so far and he's been fine. I was worried after that hit on the two-point conversion. Blockhead. Since my initial thoughts are already taken in other comments, I'll take coaching? Question mark. Clear drop in talent when you lose five, DB, five DBs, leading tackler, linebacker, and a solid nose tackle from a defense. But our game plans and schemes have been a disaster. Same on offense with the line play and play calling. Agree, Blockhead. Totally agree. Uh, from Bill, a South Park gif, which looks like from one of the early seasons because Miss Crabtree stole the bus driver. Oh, brother, here we go again. Feels like it, Bill. Eric, tired. Me too. I'm tired. From Tomahawk. Blah. Fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me after a random winning season. Call me an Illini fan. From Big Phil. Disappointed. From Robert Scott. Not surprised. It's Illinois. Never expect anything good. Ever. Then when they have a random good season, it's fun for a bit. Last year was fun. Hopefully that's not a... Hopefully it's not an aberration, Robert. I hope it's not. From Lone Star. Guarded. Jalen Gallows. Lackluster. Patrick... Oh, this is a guy. Patrick. He was, he was going on about the hair. I like Patrick's, uh, how should we say, energy. Don't bother. I don't know if that was for me or, oh, I think it was because he's saying don't bother doing a podcast. I'm sorry, Patrick. I always think, I always get a kick out of people that, it'd be like me going to Ryan Evan, who does his own Alani Media thing, right? And he's got his detractors. I don't interact with him. I don't listen to him. I don't read his stuff. So I'm not going to go out of my way to attack him on Twitter. But Patrick, you do you, my friend. And I'll keep my hair the way it is. Sorry. From K. Andrew Defley, doubtful. From Michael, atrocious defense, he clarifies. Though I, I think, Michael, the offense was... I said if you hold Kansas to 30 or less, you win the game. Well, you didn't get to 30 points on offense. And against this Kansas defense, I'm sorry. If Barry Lunny's a good offensive coordinator, you find a way to those points. From Dale, deflated. From Michael, familiar. Christopher, disappointed. Roger, history. From G. Gordon Liddy, though I don't know if it's actually the G. Gordon Liddy. Concerned, I wasn't one of the orange Kool-Aid drinkers who expected nine wins. Six is what I predicted. But looking outcoached and uncompetitive is alarming through two games. Joe says, disappointed. Elohim, am I saying that right? Elohim, optimistic. Everything we've seen so far, one, should not have been unexpected. Two, is unique because it's against QBs who we won't see in the Big Ten. That is true. That's true. And three, is correctable stuff. Only major concern is the O-line and pass pro. I want what you're having, Elohim. I do. And reading that tweet, I could see some silver linings. I hope it is correctable. I just worry that there's too much to correct. And how quickly can they do it? And if it is a personnel issue, that makes those corrections a little bit more difficult to attain. Frank says frustrated. So does Jace, who said, I want off the ride of rooting for teams that have no consistency, but... Oh, sorry, Jace. Lost the... There we go. But it's not an option to stop rooting for the team you grew up watching and the team you love. It's just so hard to ride the roller coaster when it's more downs than ups. It kills all fan momentum. 100% Jace and Frank. Kip says, curious, how does Bielema go about shaking up the defense? Does he merely get more hands-on, or does he make a change in the staff rules? The latter seems premature unless it's clear to him the problem is Henry being in over his head. I don't think 
I don't think you make an in-season change at defensive coordinator. And I got to say, as RPO the Jewels, we, if you follow on Twitter, it's at Witty Remarks. Really good follow. And as he had tweeted last night, we can criticize Lunny and Aaron Henry all we want. Who hired them? It's like I can go after, I guess, uh, oh, who's the third assistant for Brad Underwood? Why is that name escaping me? When Gentry left, Jeff Alexander. I could go after Jeff Alexander all I want. Who hired him? Right? It's at the top. That's what matters. Coordinators, of course, are important. But you know what? The head coach, that that's it. This is his program. It should have his stamp all over it. In year three, it should have even more of a stamp. Nate says typical. Rick says suck. <laughs> Timbo1 says undisciplined. And Rusty Shackleford says optimistic. We had two optimistics in there. I hope to God that you guys are right. Man. Weird day. Weird game. Doesn't feel good. We're going to do a midweek podcast to talk about Penn State and... I mean, I don't feel good about it. It's going to be a beautiful day. We are we are in that perfect fall weather cycle. 75 and sunny. 75 and sunny. Chill in the air in the morning. And I love that 11 a.m. kickoff when it's a day like that because you get out for the breakfast tailgate, dew-covered grass. We're going to have biscuits and gravy, breakfast casserole, make a white Russian for the morning. Oh, man, it's going to be great. But then the game's going to start, and those concerns, unfortunately, may come right back to the surface, and and pretty quickly, perhaps. I wish there was more juice behind this game coming up Saturday. 2-0 would have done it for sure, but I also think that looking better last night, even in a close loss, and I know you lost by 11, it could have been worse margin-wise, but it was not as close as the margin suggests. Big concerns that got to be addressed, and I don't know how they do it. But I'm not getting paid four-plus mil to do it. I hope to God this works. I mean, I'm going to end on this. I hope to God the Bielma thing works. And I still think that his track record suggests the floor will raise at Illinois. But man, there's been some alarming stuff these two games. And it just doesn't feel good. It's that intangible feeling that all the goodwill coming into the season, they kind of got to build it back up. Because it is very crystal clear that this is a vastly different team. So how do they go about instilling confidence from the fans in what they're seeing? And I'm one of those that is as pro Bielema as you can get. And even I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. What is this? I hope to God this works. Please. Not a religious man here, okay? But whatever spirit in the sky or karmic spirit force is at work to make this Illini football program finally figure its crap out, please. Buddha, God, Moses, whoever, just fit, help us out here. We are dying. Yes, Illini fans, we're dying over here. This just can be too much sometimes. So I'm sorry for if this was a drag of a podcast, but we got to do better. We got to do better than that. And, um, uh, it starts Saturday against Penn State, so midweek we will get a midweek podcast, and 
I'll be anxious a little bit to see Monday's press conference after Bielema has a couple days to digest. You do get that extra day. The team has today off, period, and they probably need it. Get away from it. And then a full week of prep for Penn State. But hey, I appreciate the interactions. Even those that say you suck or shut up or, you know, nice haircut. One said I look like a little boy. Ouch. Hey, the hair is staying, man. It's kind of become my calling card. People can walk through Lot 31. They see the shark fin. They say, hey, it was Carp's tailgate. So keep it coming. Love the listeners. I appreciate the viewers. Sorry we didn't do one last night, but I don't know if you were like me. It's just there were a couple that probably would have liked the catharsis, but it would have just been an hour. I mean, that was an hour and a half plus second half. It would have been a drag. So not that this isn't a drag talking about a one-on-one team that's just not looked right. So we'll be back midweek. Appreciate the feedback. If you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, even if you want to give a one star and criticize the haircut, that's cool. Ratings and reviews help. Got to thank DP Doe online at dpdoe.com. For all the best deals and prices, dpdoe.com. Deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana, dpdoe.com. Owen Builders LLC at owenbuildersllc.com for kitchen, bath, home additions, patios, decks, that's Luke Owen and the guys at OwenBuildersLLC.com. Also, got to thank State Farm agent Brian Hansen. Online at BrianIsMyGuy.com for life, auto, home, business, renters, you name it. Brian is my guy, and he could be your guy at BrianIsMyGuy.com. And finally, got to thank Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing. Give them a call today at 217-841-4728. Got our furnace check schedule. You might want to get yours as well. The cool weather is fast approaching that's Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing at 217-841-4728. For Champagne Showers Podcast Network, for you, the listeners, the viewers on YouTube, we've, we're getting more viewers on YouTube, so we appreciate that. But however you listen or watch us, we appreciate you going along this roller coaster with us, and I hope for better days ahead. Right now, it stinks. Maybe it gets better. It can. It, it can. We've seen worse performances before. So if you want, let's end on a positive note. Two years ago, you got smoked at Virginia. Felt like we were staring down the barrel of a 2-3-1 season. They, they got things together. There was still the game against Wisconsin at home where they got smoked. But on the whole, they got things put together. Can this team do that in time? That's the question. To make a bowl game. Because right now, I'm resetting expectations. Just make a stupid bowl game. Make a stupid bowl game. Lick your wounds and figure out, okay, what do we need to take that next step? Because anything less than six wins, and it's going to be a hell of a hard time getting people to truly invest in this program. And that's what I want. I want full buy-in from people. But you have got to give fans tangible reasons to buy in. And last night was not it. Enjoy the beautiful weather. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Go Bears. If Jordan Love is good, I might have to quit football altogether. Just, you know, NFL at least. <laughs> I am excited to watch some NFL on Sunday. And I will find my way to getting excited for Penn State next Saturday. We'll see you midweek. Take care, everybody. It is the 200 level. level.